116 presents. Hello listeners, on this, the 150th episode on the Sunny 16 Presents feed, I sat down for a casual chat with Graham. We talked about the feed and some of the recent shows, gave suggestions for how others can get involved, and some upcoming community events. Then I chatted with Bill too about his experience recording an episode on astrophotography for On Location and what he enjoys about challenging subjects in photography. This is the 150th episode on the Sunday 16 Presents feed. And I did ask Graham if he would jump on here and maybe we could talk a little bit about the feed, some of the recent things that's been going on. August was the busiest month on the feed to date. We had nine whole episodes in the month of August. Yeah, that's really good. That was also so 150 shows. That's also th- yeah, this be the third third year anniversary, wouldn't it? It's yeah, probably getting just just past it. Yeah, it was August August 2020 we started it. So okay, yeah, that adds up. Hang on, did it? Add up? <laughs> <laughs> three years, that's three years, right? That's Numbers. Right. <laughs> I've got just enough fingers to get up to three. Um, <laughs> yeah, 150 episodes. Uh, that's really awesome i have to say and i know we're going to talk about some of the ones that have been going on lately but when you messaged me with this idea which was fully your idea and a very good idea it is too it has made me think back over what's gone on the feed over the last three years 150 shows and i'm really proud of the stuff that's gone out on there not that, I, not that i've been responsible for any of it being made but just some really great stuff on there really really great stuff and um and, you know and your stuff as well which is nice <laughs> <laughs> that's right and that's about me what do you think about me <laughs> I, I, also listen let's get this out of the way early so that i don't have to make myself feel late i am gonna say i think that music and photography oh no not i think music and photography has been just one of my favorite podcast to listen to over the last however many weeks and months you've been doing it for now and i sincerely hope that anybody listening to this both of the people listening to this (laughs) i hope because your interviews with people have been so interesting and enjoyable and varied you've got such a wonderful selection of diverse people on and then had really interesting conversations that have gone all over the map and I have really enjoyed all of that series. And I know you're still umming and ahhing as to whether you're going to carry on past 40 or what you're going to do next. But whatever you choose to do, I hope you do something because you knocked it out of the park with that, Billy. It's been really, really great, really enjoyable. So hats off to you. Well, I've got my hat off. You're wearing your hat. (laughs) Hats (laughs) on to you. Well, it was all your idea, of course. This this all uh, spawned from a offhand remark you made on Sunday sixteen about people that were into both of these things as hobbies. So you do get a little bit of credit. Thanks. Well, listen, I all like that. to visit, think of myself very much as an ideas man, um, which is great. <laughs> but I, what I'm very much not is a uh, seeing things through man. So um, that's why it's particularly good that there's people like you around billy because and i'm sure again anybody listening to this will have realized that you are the person who has been keeping the sunny 16 present feed running like a well-oiled machine over the last (laughs) well pretty much most of the last 12 months really getting all of the episodes out helping people with the editing and stuff like that you've been doing an absolutely wonderful job with that so again my hat off, your hat on to you, unto <laughs> the really, because I appreciate it so much. Because you know, it's it's all time and effort, and that you've been putting in there. So, well, I'm happy to do it. And you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about podcasts in general and the communities that sort of build up around them. And maybe you can reflect a little bit. Of course, right before the pandemic, let's say 2018, 2019. It had become a regular thing on Sunny 16 that people were sending in these audio clips of, hey, I'm building a darkroom, or Eric, who will be coming up soon on the next episode of Music and Photography, used to send in his audio travel journals. You know, it was part of the Sunny 16 community to me, these people that wanted to contribute, you know, 
what they were up to. And I thought it was a great part of the show. And of course the pandemic happened and that just changed so much about the world. But one of the things that it changed was that people weren't sending in as many emails or audio clips or, or anything like that. But I thought, you know, with all of the time and effort that people put into that back in the day, that having this dedicated feed as a place for that stuff to live, I thought it was great. You know, it was like, hey, here's this community. People can contribute. They can share what they're up to. You know, just an audio version of a 35 MMC or a Mulsive or something like that. So has it fulfilled what your ambitions were for it? Well, I like the, the fact that you think there was much thought behind it. Like, <laughs> well, I hadn't really thought that far ahead. Uh, yes and no, I suppose. Uh, in some ways, it's completely exceeded what I'd hoped for. I think because some of the stuff that's gone out on here has far exceeded what I thought would go out. I, I've, I've really enjoyed the diversity of material that's been out on here from the on-film conversations that Claire was having, you know, the stuff that you've been doing, the lighting lounge, and all of the incredibly varied on-locations we've had. I've really enjoyed the fact that we've had runs of stuff, um, obviously like your show, like the lighting lounge, but also there was this one from back in the day, I Dream of Cameras, those guys, their <laughs> right. quaint little show went for a bit, and I assume they stopped doing it. I don't know what happened to them afterwards, but that was fun for a while. You know, grain splaining, quirky cameras. I'm that was something that I don't think I really thought would happen, but I've really enjoyed happening. I've enjoyed it coming, whether it's a launch pad or a home for short runs or whatever it is. Like I've really enjoyed that. The one thing where it's slightly uh, a disappointment is a strong word, but the fact that the smaller one-off bits has dwindled a bit over the last couple of years. And it was happening already. You mentioned about emails, getting emails into the shows. It was kind of the same with that, that there was less of this kind of that communication and that stuff coming in. Because I really loved the on-locations that we've had from people. And we had quite a few in to begin with. And we've had a few in. We've had a, a couple in this year. Um, right. But... I'd hope that we might get more of that. But yeah, that, that, so that's the one thing that I, I'm a little bit sad that we haven't. I mean, listen, I'm hoping we'll still get more in. I'm hoping we'll, I'm always hoping we'll get more people getting in touch and wanting to do stuff, whether it is a, a one-off on location or a short series or a, you know whatever it might be, because I'm always super interested to hear what people have got to say. And I think inevitably when people... Are coming at something fresh and with a new idea and with the night oh that's always when it's at its best you know as opposed to like five thousand shows in where <laughs> you know sometimes you you've lost a bit of the hot burning passion for what you're doing um <laughs> so yeah that's that, that's the one thing which i i, I wish we'd seen more of I, I think i mean i know that you know, people are still out there people are still doing stuff i mean as far as the emails go i think all of the emails are going to i dream of cameras at this point um <laughs> from the three people i think who write 20 emails each <laughs> yeah, the way that show works it seems very strange <laughs> i think i think actually that either gabe or jeff is just using uh, an ai bot to write emails in and they've given them all names <laughs> given them all names with funny accents um, just keep them but yeah because I mean, emails is one of those things that i also i i loved getting in i love that thing and um i may listen I, I hope that maybe those things start coming back. But no, I think the show, it's been great. And Jeez. I was trying to think like, what what are my favorite, favorite things that have been on the feed? Honestly, I don't think I could, I don't think I could pick out because it, it's always, it's always the things that are most recent in my mind. I mean, I, I said, I've enjoyed all the conversations you've had. There are so many great ones. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the interviews John Michael Mendes has been having recently. I love grain splaining with a passion. Mm-hmm those guys are great and um i sincerely hope that emma's travels do not impede that from continuing do you have any particular like when you look back over the last 150 shows billy both as someone who has worked and put effort in but even before that do you have anything that stands out for you 
Uh, I'm I'm still waiting for the second episode of Justified. I <laughs> <laughs> that, that bust you throw me throw me under this coming on. Uh, listen, it's definitely on its way. I was I mean when we started the speed off, the idea was that all four of us hosts at the time, so myself, Rachel, John, and Claire, we're like we'll right. all do one show. We'll all have a show that we'll do regularly. We'll all do one a month. We can all do that. And none of us did. I mean, actually, to be fair, Claire did the best. She made mm. the most shows. Um, I think Rachel came in second with maybe three. I think John John managed two. I <laughs> managed <laughs> one. <laughs> that is my idea. I don't think of any, I need to justify as much afterwards. I definitely did put thought into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think all of the shows that are sort of interview shows, I enjoy. That's, you know, that's what music and photography is an interview show. Those are the sh types of shows that I like to listen to the most. Just, you know, hearing from new some new creative person that I may not be familiar with and hearing their thoughts about their processes and stuff like that. I listen to other shows that might be about gear or technique or things like that. And that's interesting, but I really enjoy the interview shows the most, I think. So I, I really enjoyed John's, of course, because that was essentially what, what he was doing, was interviewing his darkroom friends. And uh, I did enjoy Claire's um, because it was interesting conversations but about a thing that i also enjoy the movies you know and just hearing those those conversations was fun from the early yeah. ones for sure yeah yeah i kind of hope that maybe i mean claire's so busy she's international jet setter extraordinaire <laughs> claire. but i do hope that if her life ever does settle down again that she might get back into doing some more of those because uh, they were they were always entertaining and they always introduced me to films that I hadn't come across before. <laughs> Even if it didn't sometimes watch sometimes it ended up with me watching things I'm like, what am I doing here? Jeez Louise. That was it Carnival of the Souls. Was that the one? <laughs> like, oh, man. Oh, well, Alex, man. Alex Purcell was a big fan. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> Noted muffin head Alex Purcell. <laughs> with love. Yeah. I mean listen, it's a memorable film. I still remember being annoyed by it <laughs> all this time <laughs> You weren't that impressed with uh, Blowout either, were you? No, I, I didn't. I, I thought that was much, much better. I think my, my problem with that film is that I think Claire had a lot more sympathy for the protagonist than I did. I just thought he was a, a jerk. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> An and, irredeemable and, jerk. <laughs> and they had oversold the the idea that there was an orgy scene yes also that yes and then the moms of course yeah <laughs> oh my god thank you for reminding me about the mimes i think any film that has mimes in it mm -hmm. should come with a warning at the beginning <laughs> just warning this film contains mimes <laughs> this right. is the, there is something about my we watched i watched with um my stepson will um we watched the film the warriors mm -hmm. from 1979 which is a great film which is that that's one clash John, i think the warriors it's a great film and but that also unfortunately not a great bit that has mimes in it you see people in in the guise of mimes sadly they do not feature in any meaningful way because that would be great <laughs> just seeing a mime fight would be quite amazing just because seeing a mime get punched in the face is kind of peak entertainment really but yes, uh, on film had some real gems in it. Um, yes. Well, yeah. So you mentioned grain splaining. You mentioned yep. that that Emma is moving to Australia. We certainly wish her well. She was on a recent episode of the Lensless podcast with Andrew Bartram, mm -hmm. and she sort of talked a little bit about how you had put her and Alex together. So, what can you tell us behind the scenes about how that came? about what what how did you figure that these two people would make a good pairing oh god you know that's i mean i think it was just one of those simple cases where having 
met and spoken to both of them in relatively close proximity and just thinking god these two are just really awesome people just like such interesting energetic entertaining people to talk to and i can't remember whether there was some like reason why i thought they should do a podcast together or whether it was <laughs> just the classic case of me thinking i want this to be a thing therefore i'm going to tell these people that they should do it it might just have been that it might just have been that but i mean i, I again i think they're both fabulous and it's a shame that there's not been as many this year i know that obviously alex has taken on this incredible job in london which is amazing but has put her under so much the whole thing is put her under so much stress living in and all that stuff so understandably something had to give and that was time for the podcast but that very much was just the case of oh this is the thing i want to listen to i'm going to see if i can make it happen because that's the way the world should be <laughs> revolving around <laughs> me and my wants and needs <laughs> it well, seems early fair to me um that's right but yeah so hopefully Emma will keep that going um and yeah and Alex as well they can do it long distance and they've been doing I think they started off doing it separately they've done some together but they've you know they've separated in remotely so I'm sure they can continue to make it work and who knows where their adventures will take them both right well I hope so I hope they're able to work it out I've enjoyed listening and and hope they can make more yeah it's it's great hearing just they are both so uncut in the way that they talk about things, which is great. And you know, there, and there are times when I listen to it and I'm like, oh boy, you know, this not in a bad way, but like, oh man, like the way that they're feeling about things, and like, oh, it's, it's, right. it's because it, it makes me feel so glad that I'm not that age anymore. Because there's something you just think, and I've actually said this to Emma, it's like don't worry you'll get to a point in your life where you just stop giving a crap about this <laughs> you, you you just give up and stop caring <laughs> that's what <laughs> but, but you're not there yet so that's you, right. you have to continue to care well i can certainly say it's not like any other film photography podcast i listen to and that's one of the things i enjoy about it it is a a, a completely different perspective on this thing we enjoy yeah yeah absolutely i mean yes and that's again kind of the point of this feed is to try and give as many people at least somewhere to have a voice if they want to take that opportunity so yeah it's been good it's been and we good. talked about kind of gear shows and we recently welcomed back ian fleming to the feed with his quirky cameras podcast and what i do like about that is that those are short those are bite-sized episodes and he just sort of goes through a list of like most recently it was light meters and so he you know it was the episode was only 15 or 20 minutes but he talked about you know incident meters and spot meters and studio lighting flash meters or whatever you know he just ran down sort of his experiences with all of those things but i like ian as well yeah i think that's probably one of the most absolutely British little mini podcasts <laughs> going. Ian, I'm generally, so gear isn't something that I'm, I mean, <laughs> I say this is somebody with a lot of gear, obviously, but I'm not like, that's not the thing for me. I have the stuff, but I'm not, like, I don't want to talk forever about it. It's not, but I can I listen to it quite cheerfully talk about anything because it's not really what he's talking about it, it's the way that he talks about things with only ian could talk with enthusiasm and very british passion which may be an oxymoron um about vintage light meters <laughs> right it's like uh it's it's like the antiques roadshow it's you know, th this could only come from a nice quaint little english village this kind of thing and i think it's great and i love the fact that the things he chooses to talk about are so random and <laughs> you know they're not all the big fancy stuff it's not all you know it's nikon this like that it's like no nope, here's whatever's caught my attention in my collection recently and i'm going to talk about this and 
and I think that's great. And as you said, they're just short hit shows, and I, I, I suspect that listening to Ian talking for 15 minutes about whatever he's doing is probably quite therapeutic. It, mm. it, it could probably be prescribed by a doctor and have beneficial medical value to people. Um, so, you know, that's my thought on that. <laughs> that's right. Well, we did have one of the recent uh, kind of one-off things, or it's been one-off so far, was from Sam Knight. He did a show tips, tricks, and traps from his experiences the last couple of years with photography. And we were talking about he's he's a gardener also. So you felt you felt a little threatened by his presence on the Yeah, page. I did. There's only, there's only enough room for one podcasting gardener in this world. Um so listen back up back off Sam as well. <laughs> <laughs> That that was great. I think I think this is one of those things that mm -hmm. is also worth reiterating because I can imagine people thinking, Oh well, maybe they're relatively new to photography or relatively new to a particular kind of thing and, and they're really enjoying doing it and they're really enjoying doing a thing and they think, Oh, I'd like to talk about this thing. Oh, but somebody else has probably already done it or it's already been talked about somewhere. It's like it doesn't matter if it's if it's something you're feeling enthusiastic and passionate about and want to talk about it then do it because for one thing everything is new to somebody else at some other time so you, there may well be people who haven't heard other people talking about it and you'll be the first person they've heard talking about it and that will interview them about it and also it's always good to hear people talking about things passionately from their own point of view so don't let the fact that somebody else might have already talked about something put you off recording yourself talking about something if you 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 know if it's maybe your first experience of developing your film at home and how that's gone and like it doesn't matter like i said there are always new people coming to these things and it's something that like on the sunny 16 podcast it's a difficult thing it's like well who who is that for are you making content for people who are new to it or people you know but right the Sunny 16 Presents feed is a perfect place for throwing out stuff that's aimed at anybody and everybody. And it's yeah. a magazine feed. It's a magazine feed, yeah. Don't know what kind of magazine. Vogue. <laughs> Playboy? Yeah, it's Playboy. <laughs> Billy's Billy's Centerfold's coming out next month. <laughs> uh but no, Sam Sam's show is great. And I hope I know he did say that, you know, hopefully not gonna be a one off. So Sam. Right. We're waiting. That's right. Impatiently. <laughs> so the most recent uh, show on the feed, as as we're speaking, was the Lighting Lounge, and John Michael mentioned that you know that was going to be the last show in that series, but he was open to continuing on. So for anyone who somehow is listening to this but doesn't know the history, so. John and Aid did a couple of shows way back when Aid came back to Sunny 16. And, the, and it was, I, I guess, ostensibly going to be a show about lighting. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe discussing some techniques and gear along those lines. And then more recently, John, Michael, and Aid revived it. And the first couple of shows were about, were, were similar. It was about lighting techniques and, and gear and that sort of thing. But then when Aid took his trip, John Michael invited some guests on and it was, guess he was interested in hearing their thoughts about lighting, but it was, it became much more of a, of your typical sort of interview show. So certainly i i mean i enjoyed it in all of its iterations but especially here recently hearing uh the guests that john michaels had on he did put out that you know he was open if somebody wanted to host that or or some version of that uh, with him going forward and we can put his email address in the in the show notes or i'm sure if you wanted to message him on instagram or somewhere uh, he would be open to discussing that, but what kind of lighting lounge? What is your what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that, as you said, I really enjoyed the last few interviews John Michael was doing. Yeah, I think I would like to hear more. I think if there is somebody out there who has an enthusiasm, and again, this is one of those things where 
it can just be an enthusiasm. You don't have to be an expert on lighting. I think sometimes when you have a combination of people who, where one person perhaps knows more and another person wants to know more, that can be a great way in for hosts. So if you just, if this is something that you think, oh, I'd like to do this, you, you've enjoyed listening to John Michael uh, doing the show, you think, yeah, I, I would like to do this with him. I'd like to get involved. I'm passionate about this, or I would like to get passionate about it. And I think I've actually this year got more interested in artificial lighting myself. I mean, obviously, all pictures are lit. I just, this is a question that gets asked on every time John Michael interviews someone. What do you consider? Listen, all pictures are lit, John Michael. Without light, they're real <laughs> dark. All pictures are lit pictures. All right? Let's just that, that. Let me clear that mm -hmm. up for you. But I've I've got interested in uh, mucking around with artificial light myself. I bought some big, slightly unsafe old flashes, <laughs> and I was having enjoying mucking around with those at the end um, because there's something that I can use indoors and have fun with, regardless of what the weather's doing. And um, I think it's a really fun and interesting subject. And I think that especially people who are interested in who are primarily doing analog photography, it's something that more knowledge is always useful because you know you don't want to be burning film and and there's so much to that you can learn so much information out there and kind of figuring out almost well where do you start like what just to get started what's the simple way and what's an easy way and before you go onto youtube and go well here's how we set something up with five lights one of, and this Octa box thing is 16 feet across and you just need to have a studio <laughs> hanger to use it. It's like, well, that's that's no good for me. So, so yeah, I would love to see more of those. So right. whether they, John Michael finds another host or whether he does more interviews with people, I'm happy with either. But yes, yeah, season two of that would be lovely. Right. So we, we talked a little bit about on location and we talked about Sam and it you know, sort of recapping his early experiences with film and the the on location that was on previous to that was when you had kind of knew of an opportunity with Peter Langman and Tabitha Hayward. And he was a photographer and she was a model. And they were kind of talking about that photographer model relationship back in the day. Is that mm. how you took that? I, but I, very interesting conversation, I thought. And yes. I, mentioned, I mentioned that to say because I think maybe people would be interested in doing an on location, but maybe they don't know. Maybe they struggle to come up with an idea of what would make a good topic for a show. So Sam has done his experiences. Pete and Tabitha did sort of their insights from inside the photography model world at the uh, so one of the very early on location episodes was from bill to he did his episode on astrophotography and i've got a chat with bill i did a little while back that i'm going to include <laughs> at the end of this show but sort of, when it comes to an on location episode what are some things you can think of that would be good topics for people if they if they've got a take on it you know, I listen to a lot. I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts. And the unifying thing for me is the enthusiasm people have for what they're talking about. I, to a certain extent, nothing else really matters. So, as I said before, this could be, it could be something as simple as you've just started developing your own film and you want to maybe record yourself developing your own film and how that all goes and just share that or um i think again one of the very first on locations we had was jeremy north and a friend whose name i cannot remember off the top of my head but they went out on a photo walk and just record themselves out on the photo walk talking about what they were shooting and what they were doing and that was great We've had people talking about doing cyanotypes. We've had people talking about doing underwater photography. All sorts of things like that are great. You might have somebody in your life, perhaps a relative, who has done something with photography related to photography in some way. You think, oh, it'd be really interesting. I'd love to talk to you know, my granddad about this, who used to do this back in the day. And he's got, it could be anything like that. 
there's what not what bothers me but i know that there are loads of really interesting things to learn out there in the world loads of really interesting conversations that are going on that we're not hearing which is now <laughs> in the year 2023 we should be allowed to hear all conversations going on why can't why can't we be like a smartphone and just listening on everyone's conversation so that's right and if you think to yourself well i quite fancy doing it but i doubt it'd be any good like just message us drop mm -hmm. us an email sunny 16 presents at gmail.com and let us know what you're thinking because one i guarantee we'll think it's a great idea um because we always do and we'll help uh, encourage and provide any support no idea too small um some ideas perhaps too big <laughs> most <laughs> ideas probably middle size i don't know but yeah just if it's something that if it, if the idea of it interests you, it'll interest somebody else. It's that simple. Unless you're a real freak, <laughs> in which case maybe it is just you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, and and more importantly, if if you don't send in photography related or film photography related uh, audio episodes, then then eventually this is going to turn into a feed where uh, weekly. Uh, Graham ex explains to me what Jamie Dodgers and other sorts of uh, <laughs> British biscuits are. We could do that, absolutely. I mean, and and as we said, uh, photography related. I mean, it, it can be pretty tangentially photography related as far as we're right. concerned. I mean, on film was, you know, <laughs> right. It's it's still about the visual arts, right? Yeah, and obviously, music and photography. I mean. That's fifty percent on topic. Fifty percent <laughs> bullshit. Um, so, again, it, it's I think creativity in general, and that those conversations are also super interesting because it's all tapping into the same part of the brain, and it's the same part of the struggle of trying to be a creative individual, and you know, making work and so engaging with art and crafts. It could be you could do a Sunny Sixteen Presents on what is art. <laughs> that's, that's Figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> so please do email Sunny Sixteen Presents at gmail.com with your definition of art or your ideas for an on-location episode. Yeah, yeah, both of these things, please. Because <laughs> Billy mostly reads those. And all in. So uh, that sort of covers you know, recent events on the feed and and, and our celebration of the centennial. Yeah. <laughs> I did just want to say, like, if, if you're mm -hmm. still on the fence mm -hmm. about whether or not you should do a podcast for the Sunny 16 Presents feed, let me just, just run through some, some facts here. Jeff Greenstein, along with Gabe Sachs, did a podcast on Sunny 16 Presents feed. He, he's now dating a supermodel. <laughs> That's right. Emma, we've already said she she did the podcast on so she's now becoming an international jet setter. Alex did did a podcast on our network, and now she's got a job working for an absolute top flight photography studio in London. These things aren't coincidences. This is what happens, you know. Claire, <laughs> before she did the podcast on the Sunny Sixteen Presents feed, nothing, nobody cared about her work. Now gallery shows all over the world. Who else? <laughs> who else has been doing stuff? Like that? Uh, Billy. Well, you're all right, aren't you, Billy. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, so what we're saying is that basically, if you do a podcast on the Sunny Sixteen Presents feed, you're probably going to go on to pretty great things. I think it's, that's safe to say. It is safe to say. I mean. I'd like to say we can't guarantee it. We're, we're pretty much guaranteeing it. We're pretty much saying if you do a podcast on the Sunny Feed, you will end up dating a supermodel. It's that simple. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's the Sunny Sixteen Presents guarantee. That's right. Whether you want to or not, you might not want to, but either way. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to argue with the math. Yeah, it is. It is. These, these, it's just the facts, Billy. It's just the facts. <laughs> 
Okay, so a couple of community events coming up that we wanted to throw out there and remind people of in case they were interested in participating. So, <laughs> if they were still listening, <laughs> I don't know why they're listening. If they are, <laughs> I, I, right. actually, this is a really good point. If they're still listening, they are very bored, so maybe they'll enjoy taking part in these things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe one thing you could do, because uh, as always, the first week of October marks uh, Holga Week. Yes. And as it so happens this year on the 7th, which is that Saturday of that week, George Griffin, friend, uh, friend of the film community and Sunny 16, I think his interview with Jim. Yes. Uh, oh gosh. Hang on. Let me just turn around. <laughs> I've, got, I've got his book on my shelf. Uh, Jim Mortram. Jim yes. Mortram. Yes. The wonderful Jim Mortram. Yes. So uh, that I think we posted on our feed as well. George <laughs> uh, did the Flaneur on the Streets podcast and was kind enough to let us share that out on the feed as well. But George had organized a photo walk in London on the 7th of October for Holga week. You don't have to be shooting a Holga, but of course, if you'd like to, that would be great. And maybe you could record your experience on the on the walk for Holga week as yep. an episode. <laughs> yeah, October, you know, it's, it's a time of year where it's getting dark and cold and a bit miserable. So what better time to bring out the Holga and, and really bring yourself down? <laughs> Lean into it with a little back box of depression. <laughs> oh, Billy's got Billy's displaying. I was going to say showing off his Holger, but uh, holding up ridicule eyes. Actually, what I'm going to go with. Um, <laughs> blessed be the Holger. Yeah, That's no, that would right. be great. The uh, I think, yeah, as you just mentioned, the the photo walk. It's up on photowalk.me. So if you live in London area or you can get to London on this date, go on to photowalk.me. You can sign up for it there. There's already quite a lot of people signed up on there. It's going to be a good turnout. There are even some women on this photo walk, which is always amazing because when we did the photo walk in Oxford recently, there was woman, singular, um, <laughs> which isn't great, bless her, poor Rach. Um, although George was also on that photo walk, so it was very nice to see him then. Um, but yes, so those um, photo always great. Good crowd of people going. It'd be a good time. Yeah, and we I forgot, I forgot to mention our friends over at Analog Wonderland are involved. What else is coming up in October? Uh, the other thing coming up in October on the subject of Analog Wonderland, um, as they are involved, is the Analog Spotlight. So this is the second Analog Spotlight. The first one took place last May, or last year in May, rather, in Worcester. Uh, uh, well, that wasn't that was the first out of the photography show analog spotlight there have been analog spotlights within the photography show this is the first independent event um and that was great fun this one is taking place in nottingham in the uk on the 14th and 15th of october if you go to analog spotlight i think it's dot yeah analog spotlight.com um you can find all the information there about who's going to be there where it's taking place get your tickets etc loads of different people there will run through the list of people who are there um some of these you'll be familiar with people like alfie cameras with the alfie titch uh chroma camera steve lloyd with all his wonderful goodies there um zone imaging our good friend james lane also you've got vintage visual who are bringing a new film developing thing <laughs> It's not the best way of describing it, is it? But <laughs> I'm going with um, Sun Studio, who are screen printing. This is how I roll, who are, uh, you're not going to be surprised here, re-rolling some uh, cine film there and selling that one, which is great. Uh, new Grain app, which is a new photo sharing app. And JFR Film, who is somebody who's supplying uh, cameras and stuff, secondhand cameras and stuff out. So lots of people there to see. I also know there are people who are not on the list yet who are going to be there, such as... Rachel Brewster Wright, the one and only legendary Rachel Brewster Wright is going to be there uh, mm -hmm. doing demonstrations and hawking her wares, as I'm sure she would love me describing <laughs> Hawk, hawk, hawk. And I'm going to be there on one day as well, uh, which is also exciting. I don't know who for. I, me, hopefully. <laughs> well, that's great. certainly worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, 
come see me see rachel see everybody else there it'll be a good time i'll be there on the sunday <laughs> just just in case anybody wants to make sure that they're there on a different day i'll be there on the sunday um so yeah i'm really looking forward to that looking forward to seeing some old friends making some new friends and and other cliches like that right well what about tell us about nottingham i've heard the sheriff is not too friendly <laughs> so robin hood lives up there <laughs> I listen, Billy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to indulge in your nonsense about Nottingham. That's I'm sure it's a very nice place that has a lot more going on than just Robin Hood. I, I bet when I go there, it's all Robin Hood everywhere. But there's other things. Um, they have a football team, which I remember from my youth, which is Nottingham Forest. Right. There's um, no, I'm tapped out actually. Other than Nottingham <laughs> Forest Football Club and Robin Hood, I don't know what else Nottingham's got going on. But I'm sure it's lovely at this time of year, October. <laughs> The loveliest possible. So, well, I'm sure it will be a lovely group of people, though. I'm sure it will. And at the last one, they had loads of great talks and events going on as well across the day. And I said this one's going to be over a couple of days. I think it'd be a lot of good fun, and it's a a great opportunity to get together with other film shooters. And um, yeah, it'd be good. I'll go and learn what Nottingham's about. I'll I'll report back to you on that. And I I was just going to throw out there for or anyone listening who might be on this side of the Atlantic Ocean. That a little further out in January is Imaging USA. That's, I'm assuming it's sort of like the photography show. It's a large convention, many exhibitors, your Canon and Nikon people that you would expect, of course, probably mostly digital. Um, But KEH will be there. They're a popular source of used film cameras here in the States, of course. Use PhotoPro, another reliable source of equipment. Bill Manning, who some may know from the Studio C41 podcast, formerly and and currently the man behind Atlanta Film Co. Yeah. Uh, he Doing will be Yeah, he'll be teaching a class during the event. Um, what what's he going to be teaching them? About film. So uh, Imaging USA is the sort of the highlight event of the year for the professional photographers of America. These are your people who are wedding photographers, event photographers. You know, they they join the PPA to get, you know, perks and benefits of cheaper rates for on insurance for their gear or to take workshops and learn things or to, you know, they have like an inventory of contracts, boilerplate contracts you can use for your photography business, learning opportunities, uh, stuff like that. But Imaging USA is sort of their kind of highlight event trade show of the year. I mean, if, if the rest of the year is made up of boilerplate, forms then i can see why anything might be a bit of highlight relevant relative to that that's right so as part of i you know and i think bill maybe long term has a little bit i i can't really speak for him but i would assume that he has ambitions down the road of having a larger analog presence at this event similar to how hamish and others you know, wanted to have an analog presence at the photography show. This is Bill's way, I guess, of maybe starting small, but he realizes that this film renaissance or whatever is happening. And so his class is going to be for these digital photographers who are looking to mix a little bit of film work into their portfolios, into what they offer for weddings or, you know, senior portraits or whatever their main business is that is probably primarily digital today kind of bridging that gap to help them get into film a little bit i guess but maybe for just enthusiasts as well yeah that sounds good well you told me it's it's in a new location this year that's right in uh (laughs) louisville kentucky who some may recognize as being a uh, ground zero for the gutter man cave <laughs> ground zero what an apt description ground zero for that <laughs> that's right Peak but, wasteland that's right so, so, this is, so this is imaging usa sponsored by the negative positives podcast <laughs> i think mike would be on board with that 
Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Awesome. Well, I mean, I assume the mic's going to be there as well as one of the I, keynote speakers. I, I certainly, I, one would one would have to guess how would they hold their event in Louisville and not have Mike be a main attraction yeah, <laughs> part of the show. Yeah, absolutely, and, and also, I mean, this makes sense. Pentax have made some noise about bringing a new film camera to market, as we all know. Mike is the biggest Pentax booster out there. I think I think it's going to be really big. I think we're going to see Pentax go big there for the first time in many decades. Then we're going to see Mike there at front and center as the spokesperson for Pentax. Um, so we keep been building to for all these years. It's going to be a glorious moment. That's right. And, and I did selfishly, all joking aside, you know, I, I hope that Mike will be around at least because Bill will be there. I'm going to be there. I would love to see as many of our uh, film photography friends who can make it. Uh, that's the last weekend in January of 2024. If you're able to make it, it would be lovely to, to see everyone. Sounds good. I'm not going, but um, <laughs> because I've I've sworn that I will never go to Louisville in Kentucky. That's right. <laughs> they know why. Um, so, <laughs> as I mentioned at the very end, I'm going to have my. Uh, at, that was all of the uh, community event announcements. I think, unless you had anything else. I think there's a jumble sale happening in my local village this weekend, but that probably doesn't apply to many people. So no, we're good. <laughs> okay. So at the very end, I am going to tack on my conversation with Bill, delightful friend of the community, uh, all around creative guy. So please do stick around for that. Uh, but before you and I sign off, we wanted to thank our long suffering coffee donors, right? <laughs> Yeah, we want to thank all those people who have forgotten to check where their money's going over the last few months and have not realised that they're still. <laughs> so yes, just um, I will read because I've got them in front of me. I will read them very quickly. A big thank you and genuinely a huge thank you to these people because it just this money does keep it going. It's you and I had a conversation earlier and it's like well. We paid for the seventy sixteen percent fee to keep going for another year because of we've got the coffee money to do it, and hopefully we'll continue to do so going forwards as long as anybody wants to keep contributing material to the seventy sixteen percent fee. Otherwise, we might not, as you know. Uh, anyway, so a big thank you to Ian Wallace, who I also got to see recently, which was a real treat. Andrew Stewart Allen. Bill too, uh, who I think you may have mentioned quite recently. Um, <laughs> Slavic Carvas, Jaya Bhatt. Uh, Shugpug, that's Alex Morrison, uh, Hillary Clark, the lovely Hillary, Sam Cornwell. I think I, I, I'm hoping that Sam's going to be at the analog spotlight um, with the solar can. I'm not sure whether he is or not, but I'm hoping he is. He was at the last one. Uh, the lovely Juliet Schwab, uh, Billy Sanford, <laughs> contributing <laughs> to his own place of work. God bless you, Billy. Um, Dunstan, wonderful Dunstan, uh, Steve, a Cosmo Photo, uh, always doing great stuff over there. Andy D. Noted muffin head Alex Pazan. <laughs> and I'm I'm so excited. Next weekend, and he uh it was supposed to be weekends ago, but my ex-wife thoughtlessly broke her leg and ruined my life. Um Alex Pazan is <laughs> coming up to visit me for the weekend, and I cannot wait because I'm gonna spend the whole weekend taking photos and playing guitar, and it's gonna be so much fun. Um so thank you so much to everybody on that list and you know if nothing else take this as a reminder that you need to cancel some long-standing direct service <laughs> but, but we're very we're very grateful for your lack of care over your finances regardless um it's very much appreciated that's right and if you have listened to this point in the show thank you for your yeah for your long, yeah <laughs> that's right but yeah thank you to everyone who has been a listener of the Sunny 16 Presents feed, everyone who has contributed money, contributed audio content, you know, it's, it is part of being that community. So, so just thank you very much. Yeah. And thank you again to you, Billy, because you are awesome. And all you are doing for this channel is so much appreciated. And 
everyone listening should know and have confidence that if they do try and get in touch and want to do something that you're the person that they're most likely to bump into and therefore stuff will happen and get dealt with effectively and promptly whereas opposed to when i'm on the other end of the line in which case it's like well listen stuff will get dealt with just not effectively or promptly <laughs> <laughs> casually uh with a certain uh, je ne sais quoi. um but not, you know not you know you don't necessarily want the freestyle jazz approach so um thanks billy for everything and uh and we've talked before about all the other podcasts that we hope that grain Spain keeps going as emma makes her move and we hope that we get a season two of the lighting lounge and all those stuff. and i hope that you keep making stuff work so i know like i said you your plan was to get to 40 episodes of music and photography in your episode 38 now is that one of the most recent we've had out uh, that is the one that will come out on tuesday that's one that came out so you've only got two more and i'm sure you're going to go out with a big <laughs> <laughs> so let's all be very excited about that um that's right but uh i hope you continue doing stuff because your interviews have been fantastic so that's great all right well thank all you right. thank you for that um those kinds of words and thank you for jumping on here with me tonight hey <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking now with Bill too. Hello, Bill. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Billy. Thank you so much for asking me to participate. Thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me. When I got in touch, I mentioned we wanted to kind of look back on some of the people that have contributed to the feed since it went live a couple of years ago and also try to encourage more people to get involved. And of course, you did one pretty early on just a few months in, I, th I believe, on astrophotography, right? That's correct. I recall I I just put out uh, one of my first contributions to 35MMC about some astrophotos I'd taken on film, mm -hmm. and uh, I just released my one and only sort of personal zine with a couple of those photos in it, and Graham got in touch with me and asked if I would do a piece for the new feed. Okay. Well, tell us about your interest in nighttime photography. I specifically the star trails and Milky Way stuff. I know you do a lot of uh, even like night scenes in the city as well. So, but talk a little bit about astrophotography. You know, how'd you get interested? How long have you been doing it? I've been doing astro on digital for quite some years. I used to not think that the Milky Way was something you could see. I'd, I'd seen it in an encyclopedia, a picture of it, I think, in an encyclopedia. And I, I thought it was a myth or something that you only <laughs> saw in the past. It was kind of a historical thing. Right. I, I'd always grown up in towns and with lighting, a city lighting, and I'd, I'd never really been in a dark place. <laughs> uh, not emotionally, but, um, but environmentally. <laughs> right. Environmentally, and then when I was in my mid twenties, uh, I, I was staying in an opal mining town. It was a a weekend away from a remote work location, and mm -hmm. they had no town lighting at all. And the um, the Milky Way that we could see from the roof of this opal mine turned hotel was just astonishing. It was in the days of film, of course, and I just didn't bother trying to take a photo of it. In, in those days, I just didn't take anything that was low light on film. It just didn't seem really very worthwhile at that time. Right. And, I, and that, that memory was really, really strong for me. And when I first got a, a digital mirrorless camera, probably about, about six years ago, seven years ago now, I'd started seeing digital images of the Milky Way and, and thought I'd have a go because I was working out in not very remote, but a, quite a rural part of uh, New South Wales, which is the Australian state I reside in. Okay. And they've got dark skies. And to my astonishment, I could get really good Milky Way, well, really good in terms of I could actually see the Milky Way on the, on the digital camera. Right. Good photos are a different story. 
And that got me interested in, in trying to take um, photos of the Milky Way. So I was doing that for four or five years. And in the midst of this, I got back into uh, film photography, not long after getting the mirrorless camera, actually, a couple of years after I'd started getting back into film photography. And in 2019, I decided to um, try my hand at film for these photos and got a couple of good results and was unable to find a lot of modern information. So there was a, quite a bit of historical information on, on capturing really low light landscapes and, and night photos. But there, there really wasn't anything more recent that I could easily find, you know, through Google or other searches. And I thought, oh, well, I might as well write about what I did just so that people have a little bit of information encouraged to maybe try film for this. So that's, that's how right. I got started. Okay. Yeah. And, and obviously it's a challenging subject anyway, being, you know, nighttime and long exposures. And you touched on some of that during the episode itself. You've got, you know, for star trails, obviously you want some movement, but for the Milky Way, you've got to balance that, you know, the earth is spinning and the Milky Way itself is spinning and you've got reciprocity and the light pollution that you talked about and, you know, balancing all of these variables. It's, it's really, really quite interesting. I would certainly encourage everybody to listen to, to all of the tips that you had. We'll get to the feed in the moment, I guess. But one of, one of the things that was, I guess, maybe more obvious to me with time is, or in a, but it was obvious at the time I was doing it, was I'm not a content expert. It was kind right. of not, this is not the textbook of how you do it. It was, it was really <laughs> describing the experience of what I did rather right. than what you should do. But, right. but hoping, hoping that that information would be a starting point and we could start to build uh, maybe a collective expertise or rebuild a collective expertise because I guess this wasn't something that wasn't done on film, but it was probably done in an era where it wasn't done commonly and we didn't have the interconnectedness of information that we have now. So finding that information, how you do it's a lot more tricky and we've got an opportunity now to uh, develop that information. So it's a little bit more democratic, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. On the specific episode that you recorded again, we certainly want to encourage everybody to share what they've been up to. So how, how did you go about recording the episode itself? Did you just do it on your phone or on your computer? Did you have, did you write out all your notes ahead of time or just talk from the top of your head or how, how did you go about putting the episode together? I had advice from Graham. He, he gave me some useful advice about how to do it. And, and basically he's, he just said, you can use a, a recording app. Mm -hmm. um, on the phone just make sure you're in a, a place that doesn't have a lot of extra noise the phone worked actually really well They're, they are really good recording devices they are. Um, and I did use a script uh, I would have preferred to do it off the top of my head but I, I tried that a couple of times and just found I was missing stuff right um, I think if I did it again, I wouldn't have a script. I'd just have a prompt list, I think, of things to go off. I don't know if anyone actually likes listening back to the recordings <laughs> that they've made. I don't know about you, Billy. I'd find it very uncomfortable listening to anything I've participated in in terms of recording. I found my delivery quite stilted and a little bit. Uh, I would have liked more intensity, I guess, <laughs> in my <laughs> delivery. But, and I think that partly that was I was just trying to get through a lot of points that I thought I, I should have made. I, and I would have liked to have been a little bit more spontaneous, but I did use a script. And part of that was because I'm not a content expert for right. that. But having said that, it was a lot of stuff I did that was kind of intuitive rather than really methodological and, and following a procedure. I was kind of following a procedure, but it was all in my head. It was not something that was I'd listed somewhere and, and I've found myself saying, well, I can't take it for granted every, that everybody will know what it right. is that I'm doing or thinking. Or, or So I just wanted to list all of, that I sort of uh, have developed as a set of uh, things to do for night and astrophotography rather than leave it out and, and leave someone in the lurch. So that's, that's right. why it sort of came out that way. I don't think there is a right or wrong way of doing it. It's whatever makes you comfortable with the recording, I think it you could do a script like I did. I probably 
should have practiced it a few more times to make it more natural, <laughs> but I think that's okay. Um, you could just have a list of things, of right. a list of things to cover, or it might be something where you're not describing instructions or you're just talking about what you did and you don't need any script or prompting. It's just kind of a recollection of what's happening. Or you could do it contemporaneously. You can do a, a commentary as you're going along. Um, right. That would be another fine way of doing it, I think. I agree. I agree. And I, and I do think, you know, certainly I'm that way as well. I have gotten a little bit more comfortable now, I guess. But yeah, if, if it's not a thing that you're used to doing, then it can feel a little awkward listening back and trying to edit <laughs> something you've recorded. But I think for all of us, that's probably a personal thing. Other people aren't as critical as we are about ourselves, I think, probably. I'm, I'm sure that's true, actually. <laughs> so sort of on a related note, I was curious about this because, you know, you've, you've participated in some of the uh, Sunny 16 Cheap Shots challenges. And I think a sort of related topic came up in the uh, photography books and theory group that you and I are in. And your answer to one of the questions was sort of along these themes, but it was about challenging photographic subjects. And uh, astrophotography is uh, challenging, even with digital and mirrorless, but certainly with film. And I was just curious, just in general, you know, some people really kind of hone in on one type of subject that they like to shoot. But it seems like you do enjoy a challenge in your photography every now and then. So could you talk a little bit about that and what it is you like about a challenge of using different films or different cameras or, or just pushing yourself to see what you or the equipment is, is capable of? I, I think that's, I, I think you're right in terms of I want to know whether I can do it. But for me, film photography has often been about the process as much as the result. I, I do want to get a result and I do want to get a nice result from my film photos. But the nature of the cameras and the nature of the process, particularly with large format, for example, is that it's such an involved process in terms of multiple steps and, and multiple things to think of that the process itself is enjoyable. I know that the aim for a lot of photographers and photography is to make the process and the equipment so second nature that it gets out of the way of making a photograph. But for me, it's part of the enjoyment and getting it out of the way is not a bad thing I want to be mindful and, and enjoy it and sometimes the actual photograph does become secondary to the to the actual process the experimentation right. and you know, doing things challenging is experimentation for me it's not necessarily experimental in, in by any means but it's experimentation for me because I haven't done it before and I want to know if I can I can do it and there's a there's a pleasure in doing that I think I don't think anything I've done is necessarily groundbreaking or new though i've kind of seen it's it's often i've seen someone else been able to do it and i went oh i wonder if i could do that right sort of thing so the trying to take photos of of the stars and milky way it isn't new but it was kind of an extension of it was an extension of what i was doing already in terms of um, milky way photos and on on digital and i was shooting starting to shoot a lot of film mm -hmm. um then as well and it was kind of almost a natural progression of two of my uh, photographic loves sort of coming together and again the, the things that i've been trying recently have been trichromes okay. uh, and infrared trichromes i've i've started uh, shooting after seeing a couple of people uh, producing results of it and i thought that looked quite interesting right perhaps something new that i've started doing but haven't seen very much of it all is doing trichromes on instax so instax mono okay um right. i started making trichromes on on that and maybe maybe that i could say is something that i really haven't seen anybody else kind of producing or or i've not come across it yet so, right and that was for the challenge and i was trying actually trying to make trichrome instax photos that were stereo so <laughs> Okay. And, you know, <laughs> and now, and part, part of that 
sort of but it doesn't all doesn't come from a vacuum it's kind of prompted by people or the community so that was part of the instant regret twitter challenge um that was kind of very similar to the cheap shots challenge i'm not sure i could use an expletive they've got an expletive (laughs) uh describing uh, describing that community it's the bleep Right. challenge and, <laughs> exactly. and, that, and that was on twitter and that was a very creative couple of months for me where stereo images and trichrome images of uh, on instax were being made and there were a lot of failures but it was just a, a really fun process so for me it's the fun of of trying something different something new and perhaps something a little bit difficult that sort of attracts me right absolutely i, I get that and you're crushing it. <laughs> I mean, I know I mentioned that one time and you and you said, well, you're just showing us the the ones that work out. <laughs> Which I can understand that too. But but I always enjoy seeing what you've been up to, Bill. So how can people follow along? What is the best way to see what you're up to photographically? Uh, well, I'm I'm still on Instagram and it's B-I-L-L-T-H-O-O. If basically if you if you search for at B-I-L-L-T-H-O-O on Instagram, Twitter, now Mastodon Art, and I think I'm still on Tumblr, you can find me uh, with any of those. I've got, I'm on too many social media platforms, but those, <laughs> are the, those would be the main ones. Right. I understand. Well, thanks so much again, Bill, for uh, taking a few minutes to talk us through your episode of On Location. Absolute pleasure, Billy. Thank you everyone for listening and for supporting the Sunny 16% feed. You can get in touch at sunny16% at gmail.com with any ideas you might have for an episode. Check out the show notes for additional contact info and links for the events we discussed. <laughs>